invite you to listen again to these words from Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 9. It says this, make known to us. I guess we're going to sit down first. (laughs) This time I knew you were standing, folks. And I was going to have you stand until the Bible reading was read. And then I was going to have you sit down. That's okay. So here again, these words from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9, where it says this. He has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. (laughs) Amen. The disappearance of Amelia Earhart and her airplane, Sherlock Holmes, the assassination of JFK, the Loch Ness Monster, Agatha Christie, who shot JR? I heard a couple people chuckle. All right, it's good to know there are some people at least as old as I am that uh, might have gotten that reference. But even if you have no idea who JR is, I would think that if you've paid attention to what's on the screen, the title of the message, and that list of things, you would agree that all of those things have to do with mysteries. A mystery is, simply put, something that is very difficult or even impossible to A, understand, and or B, to explain. Some people love mysteries. Some of you love mysteries. You love reading them. You love watching them on TV, movies. You've got your favorites. You're always open for a good mystery. Some love experiencing them in some way or another, whether it's through a a mystery dinner or a mystery date or some other pursuit of trying to find something, a scavenger hunt, a treasure hunt. There are some who try to solve mysteries for a living, whether it's investigators, detectives, other enforcement folks, trying to take the pieces, the the pieces of the puzzle, if you will, the the clues, the, the evidence, the facts, and trying to put it all together and solve the mystery. At the same time, there are others of us who really don't care for mysteries. You know, don't put us through all of the details and all, just tell us the end, just tell us who done it. You know, why do we have to read this all? Why do we have to go through this? Why do we have to go through the treasure? Let's just get to the buried treasure. Let's just get to the bottom and then we're done. Now, regardless of how you might feel about mysteries, the truth is that mysteries are with us. It's part of life. Some would say life is a mystery. One thing I can assure you is that God's word, in many ways, not just is a mystery, but contains many mysteries. Many things that are difficult 
in fact, sometimes impossible to understand or to explain. That may not sit well with us at all times because my guess is that whether we like mysteries or not, we like most of all when there is resolution, when we can actually solve or get to see the solution to a mystery. And it's those unsolved mysteries, those things that we just can't figure out that maybe provide us with, well, a little more angst in our lives than we'd care for. God's word again can be no different. There are things that God has chosen in his word to give us the answers to. And one of the primary mysteries that God has chosen to reveal to you and me and each one of us here, everyone who is a Christian who believes in Jesus, is the mystery of how the Almighty God could redeem a world full of sinners and bring all things to himself so that he's in control, that, that his people who are separated by our own misdeeds by our own transgressions that how could he possibly give us peace and joy and love and the answer is very simple he's revealed it to us in fact boys and girls I don't care how old you are even maybe as young as I don't know one two three if I were to ask you who's the most important person who is it that we have come to worship today who is it that could summarize the entire Bible and if it would just be one name, one person, I'm guessing that they might be able to shout out, the answer is Jesus. Yes. See how simple that is? God has chosen to take this most incredible mystery of salvation and give it to even the littlest and youngest amongst us. And yet, there are people who do not yet know Jesus to whom this is still a mystery. They may not even know that it's a mystery because maybe they haven't even thought about what it means to meet their maker, to be at peace without and within. It remains a mystery. Having said that, in our epistle lesson for today, we are confronted with at least one thing which I would say is indeed a mystery that no matter how great you're learning, no matter whether you have a, you're a scholar and a doctor of theology and so forth, that you can completely understand and explain the mystery of one of the doctrines that's revealed to us. I, I think the, uh, the uh, pew, uh, the Bibles that are there in the, uh, the racks, I think they're the same numbering as, um, as other ones that I'm familiar with. So you can see if Ephesians chapter 1, those of you who are inclined to look it up, if it is in fact on page 976. Um, if so, wonderful. Um, if not, uh, let me know and then tell me what page it is. Ephesians chapter 1, our, our reading for today. I don't have it on the screens. And, um, but I, I do want to expose us and, and um, remind us of this doctrine 
that is revealed to us in some ways in Ephesians chapter 1. 976? Amen. Isn't that nice when there's same pagination between the Bibles in both places? Woo! Verse 4. It says, even as he chose us in him. That's pretty easy to understand. God chose us. Jesus said, you did not choose me. I chose you when he was talking to his disciples on Monday, Thursday. God chose us to be his. Isn't that great news? But when did that choosing take place? Verse 4 continues. Before the foundation of the world. Uh, Boys and girls, the foundation of the world. Any of you know how long ago that was? Long time. Even longer than your parents have been alive. Even longer than your grandparents and great-grandparents have been alive. It goes back to before time even began, before the book of Genesis became a reality. The Lord says that he chose us in, so that, I'm sorry, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Wow. Now we're starting to get into the realm of mystery, I would say because I certainly can't understand that. Verse five now uses a word. And as you hear it again, I want you to consider what goes through your mind and perhaps even through your emotions as you hear this word from verse five. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Predestined, predestination. Yes, that's a, that's a doctrine. That's a teaching of the Bible. How does it make you feel? What did you think? You've heard the word before, perhaps, many of you. Predestination. Does it give you a sense of, yes, I love predestination? Or does it give you a feeling of, ooh, I have no idea what that is? Or even a third option, I kind of know what that is and I'm not sure I'm really comfortable in understanding it. Because doesn't it mean predestination that that everything's been predetermined ahead of time? As As if almost like we don't have any choice or free will? As if everything's been laid out and, and everything's been uh, determined ahead of time for everything that we do. Well, if that's what indeed predestination means when the Bible talks about it, it's certainly understandable why that might cause us some feelings of unease. It's unsettling to consider the fact that you mean everything that I've been doing that's, that's all been predetermined? I've just been like a, a robot? Well, there are indeed differences of understanding of the word predestination and specifically of the doctrine of predestination as it's taught in the scriptures. But one thing I would like to point out 
And that is that in the way that we hear the word predestination here, it is referring specifically to the fact and the cause as to why you are a Christian. The reason that you are a believer in Jesus, the reason that you have put your trust in him, the reason that in that sense that you are here today as a result of your faith, the reason that you confess your sins to the Lord, the reason that you trust his mercy and forgiveness when we hear that, the reason that you live your life in such a way to bring praise and honor to the name of Christ, to love God with all of your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself, even your enemies and strangers, especially those in need, the reason that is true of you is simply because God chose you before you were ever born. He predestined you. He predetermined that you would be his. And that is great news. That is awesome news. That gives us courage and comfort, especially when we may be going through phases in our life when our, our faith may be just tossed about when we may not know, is, is God really hearing me? Do I really believe? And so forth. We can turn to this promise and proclamation of God that says, you're mine. I chose you before the world began. You belong to me. And you have an eternity with me in store. Now, that's the biblical teaching of predestination to be a source of comfort and encouragement and confidence. Having said that, it certainly seems to beg the question, doesn't it? That if indeed the reason that you and I and all believers are believers is because God chose us, what does that mean about those who, well, from our perspective, are not believers. You see, our mind rushes to fill in what might be viewed as a logical gap. And there are indeed differences amongst Christians and amongst denominations with regards to such doctrines as predestination. By the way, I think, I think the Bible also uses the term election. And what I think is that referring to it in the context or, or using the phrase the, the doctrine of election may help because that word predestination has taken on so much baggage and seems to indicate to some that it is talking about every single act of our lives and so forth. Whereas the doctrine of election says it exactly the same. God elected you, he chose you, and that's why you're a believer. But the mystery remains. Well, why some and not others? And, and wouldn't it be true that if God chose those who are going to be with him forever, what, what's the implication? 
That's part of the mystery. You see, our reason rushes to fill in the blanks of what we see as logical gaps. And some of our brothers and sisters in the faith have chosen to do that in terms of such doctrines. In fact, in a little bit, we are going to be experiencing another mystery. We get to experience two incredible mysteries in this service today. One, we have seen the sacrament of baptism. Do you know that the Latin word um, that from which we derive our word sacrament is literally translated mysteries? Interesting. You see, it is a mystery how a child receives faith, becomes officially God's adopted child through the application of water and the proclamation of God's word. Can you explain that? Can you understand that? I can't. And then later on as we take what is nothing but bread and wine and as the words of Christ is shared and in the reception of that bread and wine we receive the very body and blood of Christ. Does that make sense to you? Can you explain that and understand that? Neither can I. It is indeed a mystery. And our mind might want to solve that mystery and our logic would say, well, this is how we can make sense of it and solve that mystery. But guess what? As you study God's word and as you look and you wrestle with that and as the Holy Spirit guides you, guess what you find? God's word leaves it as a mystery. Our reason and our mind and our logic can only go so far and God's word says, stop. This is a mystery of God that you will not understand this side of heaven. And so that brings us back to the question. How does the doctrine of election affect our own lives and how we live our lives today? Well, we have the confidence and encouragement. We have the foundation on which we know that we are Christians because of God's love. But when it comes to others, here's the amazing thing. We are invited to consider those, all those around us, whether in our, in our world of work or community or school or neighborhood or uh, social groups, we are invited to view every one of them as someone for whom Christ died. Because that's true. And we are also invited to consider the fact that in his incredible wisdom, God may indeed be choosing to use you and me 
through our interactions with our fellow human beings. He may choose to use our words, our actions, our interactions, our demonstration of love, our witness of the faith, the example that we set. He may be choosing to use those things to bring about his eternal decree from before the foundation of the world that allows that person to receive and understand the greatest mystery of all, namely that Jesus is her or his savior. You talk about a mystery. That's what we're dealing with. The mysteries of God. And we have many. Not just in the Bible, we experience them all the time. Any of you perplexed by the the gospel reading today, why, why a man of God, John the Baptist, who was one of the greatest preachers of his day, who had the courage to stand up to society and say, this is wrong, this is right, repent or you will be condemned. And yet we have to hear how he was arrested. His ministry in that sense, from our perspective, was cut short. And then this bizarre story of how he lost his life. What a mystery. How can that fit in? And yet we deal with difficult mysteries all the time. We're going to be praying in a little bit. Pastor Fenske referenced it earlier, our congregation. We've had any number of people that have died and have gone to be with the Lord. We celebrate, we thank the Lord for their lives, the faith, but in many cases we may scratch our head and say, why? Why did it have to happen like this? Why is it that this person is gone and, and this person is left? And I don't know. Ultimately, these are mysteries. But in the midst of all of that, the God of all mysteries reminds us, encourages us, and proclaims to us that you know the answer to the most important mystery of all. You belong to him. He loves you. He has forgiven you in Jesus Christ. He has a plan for you and your eternity is secure because he elected you. He chose you to be his. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.